Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I'm not a crook. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan. Listening to Jim Paris Live, your source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right, hello everybody. Welcome to the broadcast. Good to be with you. Happy Sunday night. Of course, we are live with you on Sunday nights. The website is ChristianMoney.com. ChristianMoney.com. You can follow me on Twitter, James L. Paris. And you can follow me under that same name over at Facebook as well. We've got a personal page over there with uh, several thousand followers. And then also there are the uh, various uh, business fan pages, as they're called. And uh, a lot going on. I have to tell you, um, last week I was really frustrated we couldn't do the show. We had a a pretty heavy rain uh, storm that came through town. And we lost power. Uh, our power was out on and off all Sunday afternoon going into early Sunday evening. So I just decided with the uncertainty of power that we would just bag the show. And so we were able to kind of push everything forward, and we've got the guest we had lined up for last week actually with us tonight, which this is one of my favorite guests. His name is Alan Collins, and he's the founder of Student Loan Justice. And I love this guy because he's got so much great information about the whole student loan scam, which is what he calls it and what I call it. And we're going to be getting into that uh, in our guest segment in about 27 minutes, uh, including talking about this uh, New York Attorney General lawsuit uh, that is all about this loan forgiveness scam where the organization that is administrating that uh, is making it for a lot of people, and and uh, I have some personal anecdotal stories on this as well. For a lot of people, it's become impossible to get the student loan forgiveness, even though that is what was promised. And that, of course, is if you work for a nonprofit organization and you jump through certain hoops and you do this, you know, nonprofit service for ten years, uh, you're supposed to be able to get loan forgiveness. Uh, sounds like a great idea, right? To encourage people to go into nonprofit work but it doesn't work as advertised. So we'll get into that tonight. Also talk about the presidential candidates and what their positions are on student lending and student loan forgiveness. And also even what can President Trump do right now about the student loan crisis. Next week, joining us uh, again, she'll be back with us. Her name is Lisa Pease, and we'll be talking about her book on the RFK assassination. She was with us a few months ago, and I've been trying to get some of these really great guests rebooked so we can do the interviews without commercials now that we are commercial free. So we're looking forward to having her back doing a full length interview commercial free. Lisa Peace will be here next week to talk about the RFK assassination. Tonight's sponsor, as we continue to go commercial free, covering the cost for tonight's show, is BitcoinWorkshop.us. BitcoinWorkshop.us. This is one of my ventures, 
it's something kind of unique. I'm really proud of it. And uh, it's less than 100 bucks to join this training program. And in the class, we have a number of videos that you watch. These videos are all available on demand 24 hours. So you don't have to uh, worry about missing a live class. Everything is, is recorded. They're available on demand. And it's not just uh, what is Bitcoin uh, and, and how to get started with Bitcoin. It is that, it's, but it's a lot more than that. It's about how not to get scammed. It's also how to get into some of these smaller cryptocurrencies, some of these that are right now available to be purchased for less than a penny. And uh, just super exciting uh, to have this information available. So many people have asked me after reading my book, The 90-Day Bitcoin Quick Start, what could I do to make something more in-depth available? And what I'm really most impressed with this course uh, the, the feature of it that I'm most impressed with is our online discussion group. We have a, fi- a Facebook private group that you will be a member of once you take the class that allows you to post your own questions, your own ideas, interact with other students, including myself. It's all available if you'd like to find out more how to get started. And even if you're not interested in joining the class, uh, some of my videos are free. And anybody can look at them, even if you're not in the class. And you can find that all tonight over at BitcoinWorkshop.us. Tonight's sponsor, BitcoinWorkshop.us. I'm also really excited and proud that I am now a signed author with Audible.com. And I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago that I'm starting the project of putting at least several of my very recent books that I've written in the last five or six years, putting those all on audio. The first one of those books is called Credit Scoring Secrets, and I'm told from the people at Audible that my audio version of Credit Scoring Secrets will be online this week. So you'll be able to find that at Amazon or at Audible. Uh, So check that out, Credit Scoring Secrets. It's a book all about how to boost your credit score. And that book is now available on audio through audible.com and Amazon and also iTunes, I understand. That all begins this week. All right, a lot of news to get into tonight. Uh, You may have heard the breaking news that Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, has stepped down from the Chinese company that he was involved with. There was obviously the two controversies. There was his involvement with the oil and gas company in Ukraine, the uh, $58,000 a month board position, there was that, and then there's the Chinese company. And uh, so it looks like Trump raising the issue has done some damage. And of course, we have mentioned on the show that Joe Biden's campaign is not doing well. He is actually in number four in fundraising. He is He has now slipped behind Mayor Pete. <laughs> he has slipped behind Mayor Pete. In fundraising. So that is interesting to watch as well. Okay, so I want to talk tonight um, about two things. I'm going to talk about this whole big CNN expose, which again, this story broke yesterday and it's going to be the top news all week. We're, We're going to get into that. I also want to share with you sort of the good, the bad, and the ugly of a day that I spent at Walt Disney World yesterday. So we're going to do all that in this first segment, so don't miss any of it. And then, of course, our bottom of the hour, um, we uh, fire the open again. 
take a one-minute break uh, for the new open, and then we bring on our guest, Alan Collins, to talk about student loans. If you're somebody that has a student loan or if you have a young person in your life that has a student loan or is even considering going to college and getting a student loan, you really don't want to miss what this guy has to say. He's brilliant, and he's got some just great, insightful thoughts about student loans before during and after, wherever you're at in that process. Okay, so James O'Keefe, the guy behind Project Veritas, he was the one that did the uh, big expose uh, that exposed uh, the abortionists and all that. He's famous for using hidden cameras. So this story broke yesterday, and, and here's the gist of it. Apparently there is a CNN employee, an insider, O'Keefe is referring to them as a whistleblower, which is great because, of course, all we're talking about these days is whistleblowers in light of this whole uh, Trump uh, impeachment inquiry and all of that. So a a current employee, in fact, according to O'Keefe, I saw a video of his today on Twitter. O'Keefe says the, the employee is still there, is still there employed at CNN. This insider employee at CNN has been carrying around a, uh, a camera, a, like a, a secret camera that no one else knows is running but this guy and or gal, whoever they might may be, whichever gender, whichever gender they identify with. <laughs> um, it, this is all on hidden camera that O'Keefe claims to have CNN top staff caught basically red-handed exhibiting their liberal bias. Now, we all know pretty much, we all know this, right? We all know that CNN is not straightforward news. And, And I do find it interesting, a lot of people on my social media... Uh, when I posted this, they said, oh, yeah, well, you know, CNN is biased to the left and Fox News is, of course, the same thing, but on the right. And, and that's just really lazy thinking if, if that's uh, what your viewpoint is. It's clearly not true. I mean, Fox, when they have a debate on a topic, you, you typically have a liberal and a conservative. On CNN, you either have no conservative Or you have like five liberals and one moderate. (laughs) That might be the best uh, odds that you will ever see on CNN. And they are, most of their shows are not really reporting the news. They are actually giving opinions, which is not the case with Fox News. Fox News, generally during the entire day hours, during the day, it is news. Um, It's not opinion, it's news. And the opinion shows are at night. That's not the case with CNN or MSNBC, uh, which, by the way, Shepard Smith uh, is no longer with Fox News. His last broadcast was Friday, and it just goes to show that, you know, and Shepard Smith uh, was very much, was very anti-Trump, and there, there's a lot of people on Fox News, especially the uh, the guest commentators, that uh, have a lot of negative things to say about Donald Trump. And Tucker Carlson is a straight shooter. He will criticize Trump. So it's really not the same thing. But in any case, we know CNN is liberal, but they still try to cling to this facade that they are really still a news network. They're a news channel. And 
I don't know what's going to be in these videos that James O'Keefe has, but if there are videos that would basically demonstrate these guys behind the scene saying, look, here's the spin we're going to take. Here's the angle we're going to take. Let's, let's ignore this fact and just run with this other narrative. If it can be demonstrated on video, on hidden camera, that CNN is ostensibly lying or spinning things so far to the left intentionally, like we're supposed to maybe just believe that, you know what, maybe they really think that they're sharing the news, but they're not. Well, if we see a video uh, or what could be, you know, hundreds of hours of video where these people are essentially admitting that they're not being intellectually honest, even to their own core values, if they're saying, uh, yes, uh, this is the truth over here, but we're not going to share that. We're going to share this other narrative. We're going to go down this other track. Um, it's interesting that uh, I, I already had one person post on my social media. Uh, yeah, this is the same guy that uh, creatively edits to make people sound like they're saying things that they're not. And I'm not sure how in the world anybody could really think that from those videos that exposed the sales of baby parts. Uh, that was a, uh, a really, I mean, I don't know how you could edit that to, you can't edit someone's own words saying we are making money selling baby parts and all of that, that was exposed, um, in the, uh, project Veritas hidden camera investigation, uh, into that whole episode. Uh, but that's an easy way to dismiss it, to just say, you know what, that that's not a CNN producer really saying that their words were probably edited. I'm not sure that that holds a lot of water. My question, though, tonight is, is this really going to change any minds? Because I've gotten to the point now where I almost I'm almost convinced that it doesn't matter what the truth is anymore. It doesn't matter what the facts are anymore, that people just go to their respective corners and just defend the status quo of their position. And uh, the, our news channels, like CNN, have largely, largely just become echo chambers of, of the left. And um, I, I just don't know. I, I don't know. Of course, you'll have some segment of the public saying that these videos are edited, that they can't be trusted. You'll have that. Uh, you'll have the... What aboutism? Which they'll say, well, what about Fox? You know, they're biased to the right. You'll have that. But what if it comes out? I mean, what if you actually see with your own eyes and you hear with your own ears CNN producers uh, actively conspiring to just put out straight out propaganda? If if you saw that and you're listening tonight, you're a liberal and I'm just curious. I, I would love to hear from you. My webs, uh, my website is christianmoney.com. My email is jim at christianmoney.com. I'd just be curious. Um, would that make any difference to you? I, I don't think this is going to make a lot of difference. I think, however, it may change the narrative a little bit of what's going on in the news. The news is all about Trump and what else we can find out about Trump's dishonest uh, activities. That, that's what the theme is right now of the news 24-7. But this will more than likely, depending on what we see, just further um, 
give more evidence um, to Trump's whole position that this is fake news, that that CNN is fake news, MSNBC is fake news, the networks, the regular networks are largely fake news. This will just help Trump in being able to cement that position uh, with the public. So we'll see what happens. It's going to be a very interesting week. And James O'Keefe, this guy, he's he's a really savvy guy when it comes to the media. So what he's already doing is he's teased this whole story for a couple of days. He's using a lot of social media. And he he's probably going to be dropping these videos like like the Chinese water torture. <laughs> Every day there'll be one or two videos that will come out. And CNN will be on the defensive, who knows, for, for possibly days, maybe weeks as this begins to unravel. So that will be interesting to see. Okay, yesterday I had an opportunity, my wife and I had an opportunity to visit Disney, and we haven't really been there in a few years, uh, actually inside one of the theme parks. And we were able to be invited and have two free tickets by way of a group that we were invited to, to be with. So we got in for free. And I was really looking forward to it. I was looking forward to a fun day with my wife. And the theme park thing is not necessarily one of my favorite activities. But every so often, it's it's kind of fun to be able to go out to a theme park and walk around and ride some rides and you know have some different food that they have there and just kind of enjoy that experience. And, and uh, nobody does it better than Disney, so I thought. And I've been going to Disney since the park, the Walt Disney Park here in Florida. I have been going there since 1971. In fact, it was only open a few months before I actually was able to visit. I was one of the first people uh, to be able to visit in that first year. My family came down from Chicago on a vacation, and we went. And it was uh, just the one park, the Magic Kingdom. And all of this other stuff, none of it was there. Most of what you see now in Kissimmee, that, that small town that, that surrounds uh, the, the whole complex, 28,000 square acres, which makes up Disney World, all of that whole area was mostly farms. There were, was just really nothing there. Um, and now it is what it is. So let me start with this. I'm going to start with some positives. Um, Disney is, you know, immaculately clean and beautiful. I, I mean, the, the, the landscaping, the scenery, everything you see is top quality. It, it's like nothing else you'll see anywhere in the world. And that's what really probably attracts people is just the, the beautiful landscaping, the beautiful environment of being in one of these Disney parks. And I also have to say that the employees there are just top notch. Uh, we had one young lady in particular. We were trying to figure out how to use a fast pass. This is where you can get into a, a really short line and you can get onto a ride quickly. And there's a way to do that with your standard ticket. You can do that three times a day. You can sign up to kind of get uh, like a quick, a quick short line uh, onto the ride. Instead of waiting like an hour and a half, you could maybe wait five or ten minutes, and you can do that three times in one day. We didn't know how to do this. This was all new to us since the last time we had been at the Disney Park. So this young lady not only explained it to us, but she actually uh, left her post uh, and walked with us, you know, 
all the way over to the computer where you do this and, and actually showed us two old people, my wife and I, how to sign up to get the fast pass and, and walked us through the whole process. And she was super nice. And you know what? Um, everybody that works at Disney, they're, they're, they smile, they're friendly to you. It is a different place than what you normally see, like when you're out at Walmart, <laughs> just as an example, not to pick on Walmart. But I have to tell you, too many people in one place. You know, I thought, you know, yesterday was October the 12th. It's sort of, I thought, off-season or off-season-ish. It's not, you know, the summer. It's not Christmas yet. It's not Thanksgiving yet. It's October. That it wouldn't be, like, so crowded. And there's just too many people in one place. I mean... Just walking, like you just want to walk. You you, you want to walk forward. You you just can't step one foot in front of the next and walk because of the people. It's like these just swarms and swarms of people, and uh, you, you take a couple of steps, and then somebody's coming across in front of you, and you have to wait, and then you can take a couple more steps, and you don't really know just how to walk, how to walk forward. That's how many people are in there, and this is supposedly off season. And then when you look at the ticket prices, uh, I looked at the sign when I was walking in yesterday at what the going price was. And I, and I, I might be mistaken, but I, I checked it online here before the show and $130 is like a typical price. I guess the price fluctuates depending on how busy the park is. It's like surge pricing. So it's $130, $130 to go to one of the theme parks. And there's so many people in there. And the time that it takes to get on a single ride is what I noticed yesterday was between 60 and 90 minutes of a wait time to get on a ride. And I kind of did the math in my head. And I said, well, if you got there when the park opened and you stayed the whole day, I mean, maybe you, maybe if you're, you know, using those three fast pass deals, maybe you can get on five or six rides over the course of a day. And so I'm just doing the math in my head and I was thinking, my goodness, I mean, that's like you're paying $20 or more per ride. And in some cases, you're standing on hot asphalt for an hour to an hour and a half to be able to get on a ride for like one minute, the ride goes, and then it's over. And the cost of everything in there, a cheeseburger was 12 bucks. It wasn't like a tremendous cheeseburger. It was okay, and it did come with a side of fries. Uh, and I did violate my keto diet, <laughs> $12 for a cheeseburger. But what was even worse was $3.50 for a bottle of water. $3.50 for a bottle of water. It just, just nuts. Uh, do you know that to park there is $22 to park in the parking lot of the Magic Kingdom? And, uh, I mean, even something, you know, small, like like just getting some popcorn. I don't know. It's like 4 bucks or something for a little tiny bag of popcorn. But I, I was reading an article earlier today that they're now even charging people to park at the hotels. And you know that a typical Disney 
on-site hotel. And I didn't even know this. I was reading this earlier this afternoon because I thought, you know, I wonder how much the hotels are going for now. So if you wanted to stay in like the Contemporary Hotel or the Grand Floridian Hotel, um, according to prices I saw today, you would pay between 500 and 700 bucks a day, or we should say a night, I guess, if we're talking about hotels, per day. Can you believe that? 500 to $700 for one day's stay at a hotel. And then inside the Magic Kingdom, they have a few of these like really nice sit-down restaurants where you're not going to get out for $12. You know, you're talking about, you know, spending $40, $50 a person for a really nice, you know, sit down, full service type meal. And it's nice that they have that. But do you know that you, you just can't walk into any of those restaurants? Um, you have to get a reservation hours and hours in advance. In, In some cases, like days in advance, you have to get a reservation to be able to eat at any of those restaurants. In our case, we were able to call our daughter a little bit earlier in the day, and she was able to go online. She used an app or something and booked us to be able to have a dinner, a nice sit-down dinner, but we had to wait until like 8.20 p.m. for a reservation to open up for us to eat uh, a nice sit-down dinner. And the food was incredible. Service was incredible. We really enjoyed that. Um, But I have to tell you, I'm, I'm ending my rant on Disney with, kind of the worst part of the whole day. They sell these devices called bubble makers, and it has like a cute character on it. So the one a lot of the little kids had had like Ariel on it, the mermaid Ariel, and, and it's like a, a, a big, it's got like a, like a fan on it, and it has, it's got batteries in it, it's motorized, and it's, it's like the, about the size of a, of a large water bottle, but it's filled with soap, and when they press the button on this, it sprays out, I'm not kidding you, hundreds and hundreds of bubbles. And it looks like a really fun toy for a kid to play with in the backyard at home or, you know, out in the driveway or out in the street, you know, in front of the house. But kid, these kids, I'm saying, I'm not exaggerating, there were thousands of kids with these devices. And... They would just, you'd be standing in line and, and a kid behind you would have one of these and they press the button and you're covered with soap because of these bubbles blowing they, and, and they're blowing in your face. You're trying to eat. They're blowing in your food. And um, I, I've just never seen anything like it before. In fact, I told my wife, I said, um, I will never come back here unless somebody tells me these, these bubble things are gone because I'm not going to be covered with soap on top of standing in the heat all day to be covered with these soapy bubbles. And and I'm not kidding you. I mean, everywhere you walk, you try to walk around to try to not get hit with these bubbles. And it was all day. And they're making 25 bucks a piece on these bubble machines that they're selling to these kids. And I, I get it. It's a big moneymaker for them. Um, but I just, I just think it's horrible. But I, I was trying to just look at the price of everything and what you get and all of that. And I thought to myself, how in the world, how in the world can a typical family really afford this? I know there are some people that love Disney. They love Disney so much that they get married at Disney. They buy Disney merchandise 
T-shirts, hats, memorabilia. I, I get that there's sort of this cult following. And if Disney said, hey, the price isn't $130, the price is now $500 per day. Those people would still go. They'd find a way to come up with $500 a day. If Disney said, no, 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 the price is now $5,000 a day. I know there are still some people. They would still come up with the $5,000 to be able to do that. And, and, and maybe in their mind, there is no price that's too much to go to Disney. Um, but how do people actually afford to do this? If you have a family of five and you look at, and I know there are package deals where you can get like on a meal plan and you can buy your hotel for a few days and get a meal plan and, and it brings the price down somewhat. But do in, in this economy, I mean, I'm reading articles where the average person doesn't have $500 in the bank. Like 50% of Americans don't have 500 bucks. If they had an emergency of $1,000, they could not come up with the money. I mean, that's what I'm reading. So where do these people come from? So many people that you can't even walk, that you literally cannot even walk one foot in front of the next inside the Disney Magic Kingdom in off-season. Where do these people come from? How do they afford this? I don't know. And... I don't know how anybody could really love the experience when you're largely there standing in lines. I mean, if you were to put a, a clock on it, I mean, you might get on five or six rides, but that means you're probably going to be in lines for five or six hours in lines. Who would pay? A family of five would pay six, $700 to get in, pay parking, pay food and all that. You're talking like a thousand bucks. Who would pay $1,000 to go stand in the heat, have these soapy bubbles blown on you all day long, and maybe be able to get on five rides, six rides? I don't know. But somehow I've missed something. Now, it is interesting. I did go online because I thought, maybe it's just me. Maybe I've reached that age where I am now a crotchety old man. You know what I'm talking about, the, the guy that sits on the front porch and yells at the neighborhood kids to stay off of his lawn, and you say to yourself, I'm never going to become that guy. Maybe I have become that guy. Maybe I am now this old guy that just can't enjoy being around little kids. I don't think that's the case, but maybe that's true. So I went online, and I typed in a couple of search words about these bubble machines and Disney and all of that, and I found that... Hundreds, even thousands of people are posting in forums upset about being sprayed in the eyes, about soap getting in their mouth, about soap getting in their food. And they're upset about these bubble things. So it's not just Jim Paris (laughs) that is upset about this. This is apparently a thing. And it's not just a thing at Disney. Uh, A lot of these forums I was reading, they're talking about these bubble things are at all the theme parks now. So if you go to Universal, you're going to get blasted with soap or any of the other ones. And and who knew? This must be a new thing. Uh, But apparently, um, the forums that I read, these bubble things came out like uh, five, six years ago, and so many people complained that they they stopped having them. But then they brought them back. So, (laughs) So if you go, be prepared. Uh, to be sprayed with soap all throughout the day, on top of all of the other uh, inconveniences. (laughs) 
Bring a change of clothes. Maybe wear a raincoat uh, to protect yourself from being covered with soapy bubbles. Okay, uh, we will take a break here for one minute, and I will mention to my producer in the next room that I don't see our guest on hold, so I will mention that to our producer, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to work this out. We'll be back in one minute with our special guest, Alan Collins. Stay tuned. We'll be back. <laughs> 